Julius too sits in their usual place, in the chamber surrounded by monitors, their gloved hands moving swiftly over the keyboard, like they always used to before they became Julius too. This is a comfortable place for them. They take a deep breath and close their eyes, expecting at any moment to hear the heavy boots of Calixtus or the decisive strides of Alexander. All they hear is the breath of Leviathan and the waves of Lake Michigan around it. Just because they were left behind doesn't mean they don't have a part to play. Even when everything is fine, there are moments on road trips that feel awkward, when there's nothing to do but stare out the window and listen to whatever music is on. If you're lucky, you can get lost in thought and watch trees and signs and scenery whip past without remembering you're sharing a small space with other people. When everything is fine. If you're lucky. Mia, Baby, Flannery, and Linlin are on their way north, back to the Hell Base in Solomon City. They've disembarked from the ferry and are driving down the familiar, well-maintained streets of the city's downtown. What are they thinking, cooped up in the hell van together? If we're talking interior thoughts, I think Mia's honestly thinking about the fact that she doesn't spend this much time away from the rest of the support staff and is kind of feeling a little lonely, as much as she enjoys the kids' company. They're, yeah, the kids are a delight. I think we can all agree. There's nothing wrong with the kids. Or is there something wrong with the kids? Speaking of nothing wrong with the kids, I think um, Lin Lin is probably going to be in the front seat just pondering and thinking back to the previous fights they've had and seeing that Flannery was not the most enthusiastic of how things wrapped up. That's why she's just going to be awkwardly sitting in the front nibbling on her fast food. Yeah, I was also going to say, like, the kids are usually a delight and... Flannery in particular usually is, but I think she hasn't really been since the end of that fight. I think she's been fairly quiet. And I think right now she's just leaning her head against the window with her earbuds in, flipping through songs on her phone and nothing really seems like it's the right mood for right now. Oh, wow. What's on the radio? Ooh, that is a burning question. <laughs> Linlin's probably going to be the one who chooses because... Mia won't subject the kids to her music and probably hates the radio. So it's probably just dead silent unless Lin Lin turns the radio on. <laughs> I think Lin Lin turns on the radio and then there are some nice pop hits and then she turns it down and it's a country hit and then there's just static as they're going through the woods. And I think she just gives up and turns it off. She doesn't want anybody else to hear her music so she's definitely not going to plug that in. The group makes a brief uh, stop at a gas station and me actually wants to take an opportunity to speak to Flannery while the kids are in the bathroom or getting snacks or whatever. And Mia just kind of like stops Flannery on the way out of the van. Um, <clears throat> do you have a sec? Uh, yeah, sure. What's up? And she pulls her earbuds out. Mia just kind of steps aside and stands between Flannery and the others so that they have privacy while they speak. I know that everything that just happened was a lot. Um, 
I know it's scary when it's so close to home. I can speak from experience there. I just want you to know that you did, you did a good job and you should be proud. And I'm sure anyone, anyone there is so grateful for what you've done. So I just want you to know that as scary as it was, you were there and that matters. Thanks. I, I guess logically, I, I know that I've been telling myself basically that this whole ride, but I don't know. It's maybe it's just the fact that it never felt that close to home for me before. Like what, <laughs> what does heaven even want with Gaylord, Michigan? But I just wanted you to know that I understand and that you did good for what that's worth. I know it's not going to make you feel better, but it's worth saying. And I'm not, I'm not speaking as your superior, Flannery. I'm speaking to you as a survivor. What you've done matters. After speaking with your coach, I think you should think very hard about about what you want because you can do an amazing amount of good here, but I don't want you to do that if that's not what you want. Um, and then at this point, I think she kind of notices that the others are coming back and cuts off the conversation. Just, you don't have to feel an obligation. Just think about what you want to do. I'm sure they'll support you, but either way. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think Mia's phone rings before she... Uh can hit an acceptable ending point. Shit. Uh, and steps away. Yes. All right. Um, hi, it's Elena from the bridge. You're all back in the city. We can see that. Um, we need you at the bridge. Not this bridge. Main Street Bridge, center of town. Shit. Okay. Um, fuck. Everyone in the van. Okay. All right. Um, we're going to do our best to support you over comms. Uh, those are your orders. You know where I am. Um, clear the roads, get us there as quickly as possible. I don't want anything in the way. They're doing their best. Okay. They're, but it's a... We're, we're having a... Sorry. Um, we're having one. Um, yeah, your orders are the bridge. I'll, uh, I'll be in touch. What's happening? Is, is something happening again? Like, already? It's going to be okay. That's exactly why we're here. This time it's on our turf, which means we have a little bit of an advantage, hopefully. All right, everyone in the van, we're going now. And you hear a condemnation 30% rising, condemnation on site 40% and rising. Code 777. Okay, all right. Um, okay, Ada and I are supporting you too. Callista, Haas, you're on Kagamigan team. Okay, let's move. make it to a bridge over a portion of the lake holding two halves of Solomon City together. It is an enormous four-lane highway of a bridge. There are several cars on it that can't go anywhere because both sides are currently under attack by eighth chorus angels. Four of them. Enormous, amorphous, pearlescent monsters. Here to, well, wreck things. 
Through the chaos, on the other end of the comms, you hear, okay, you're on scene. We've got 40 civilians at the, 40? Scanners are showing for You had to drive between a pair of Eighth Corps Angels fairly, I'm going to assume, maniacally in order to get onto this bridge. And at the far end of the bridge, on the bridge's east side, you see these two enormous, shapeless, heavenly wrecking balls. And between them, the tall, lithe form of a Nephilim, particularly Alexander Six, making broad, expressive gestures with their long arms, like a conductor enjoying a performance. It's time to do a combat. Yeah. Is anyone absolutely desperate or trigger happy at the moment and would like to jump? Because otherwise... Yeah. Um, oh, honestly, Flannery might be. I think it's twofold. If there's any report or sighting of the Nephilim, there was like a talking down against Linlin and Baby last time they attacked a Nephilim. Yeah. So I. Oh yeah, you got scolded for beating up Julia. <laughs> so yeah. alongside that um, and seeing that these guys are blocking some of the vehicles and citizens trying to escape this bridge. So I think on the drive, on the way here, she just fell out the window on the drive while activating her unit and is going to go attack the one on the, let's say, southwest end of the bridge. So as the van speeds between these enormous creatures, Linlin opens the door, tumbles out, starts to sing, and Dolce Diver lands between these two angels, ready to, I presume, wreck shop? That'd be accurate, yeah. Going to use her violent song, Crash Landing, and let's go strike. Let's do it. I think it's almost a, like, Monster Hunter Greatsword-esque, like, big, heavy overhead swing as soon as she finishes her combat roll onto the road. So as soon as she lands on the road, just slam it downward. That is a five from Rolling With Volume. Okay, that's a hit. Unmitigated success. Your damage is two, right? Yeah, but I'm violent song right now. Yeah, no, that absolutely slices one of them in half. The one in the southwest corner is just sliced clean in two and dissipates on air, just dissolves. Then I think might as well, while she's here, She's going to just turn around over on the road and just toss the scythe over towards the other one on the northwest side and use her advanced U and I maneuver. Yeah. So that'll be another four up on that one. All right. Linlin has cleared the west side of the bridge. I think with Linlin clearing off the west side, Baby is going to... Uh, kick open the car door, grab the roof of the car to flip on top of it as they begin to sing Come Rain or Come Shine, their hopeful song. Yeah. And uh, I take two of the razor cloth to, like, wrapping against uh, two of, like, the large, like, support columns on the sides of the bridge uh, to, like, throw myself, like, up there, like, in the middle, I guess, of... Like the what seems to be like two-ish like groupings of cars closer to the west side, and while up there, they're going to like create um, like 
four long legs like going into um the columns on like either side and that are going to start um using like multiples of the razor cloth like uh unfurling out of uh their sleeves to start picking up cars and uh evacuating them that's very good that's extremely good and uh because i'm doing my hopeful song i auto succeed you auto succeed on evac rolls that is correct so where are you moving these cars to? Like, I'm imagining, like, some of them, like, have gotten into wrecks or, like, you know, turned over. So I'm, like, getting them, like, into or on top of cars that work and getting them to drive off to the now open west side of the bridge. All right. So you hear over the comms a distant scream and you hear... 35 civilians detected on scene. Condemnation 50%. We've reached critical. Extreme danger to After Flannery like gets over the initial like shock of this whole situation and it happening again so soon after the last one, she is honestly feeling very like frustrated leading into angry right now because she doesn't want to deal with this shit right now. <laughs> Aaron said the shit word. <laughs> and I think she like she's she is honestly thankful for what Mia said earlier and is taking it into account. Like, she knows she can do a lot of good here. There are a lot of people that need to be evacuated here and she doesn't want anyone here to end up like the people of her hometown almost just did. So I think she has a rage going right now, but like one that's tempered by the desire to also do the right thing. So I think the first thing she is going to do is she is going to start running in the direction of the two remaining angels in the Nephilim, but before getting to them, I, I would like to do an evac rule first. Okay. And before I do that, I should ask, does that count as using my action to protect someone? Yeah, evac rules are absolutely using your action to protect someone. All right, so I will I will do my evac first then. Uh, my heist is a four there. Okay, success with consequences. A huge section of the bridge gets knocked down into the lake. There's a big portion of the eastern edge of the bridge is eaten away by these giant two-story tall angels. All right. Flannery is singing her regretful song right now, and she's gonna use her extra gain that she gets from that to do some shit after she gets the people away from this breaking bridge. <laughs> Like, I, I can imagine, like, somebody's just about to fall off the the breaking, crumbling stone of it, and she manages to grab him just in time and pull him back up to safety. Yeah. And that's going to fire her up a lot, because now, like, she's getting some people away, and she's also very close now to the things that are causing all this destruction. So I would like yes. to... I would like to put myself in, uh, in close range of the Nephilim, please. Yeah. <laughs> Once Flannery is satisfied she's gotten enough people away from the area where the angels in, are at, she's going to use three rocket blades on the Nephilim. Yeah. Again, it's a weird mix of feelings right now. Like, she wants to be able to help people, but also she wants to stop the thing that is responsible for this happening right now because she's had it. Okay, so... 
With Rocket Blade, you get to push them into near range. Mm -hmm. Are you pushing them eastward off the bridge into the rest of the city or westward or neither? Like, Honestly, with this part of the bridge crumbling away, I would say off the bridge to the south. Okay. And she would like to follow, please, because that's part of the move. She's just going to propel her sword forward like... And just push this Nephilim straight off the bridge with sheer force. Yeah. Off the crumbling portion of bridge, past the enormous angel. Until you're staying on the bridge, I presume? Me? No, I'm going after. All right. I'm falling with them. My my sword is embedded in them if it is able to. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that deals, since I did three of them, that does two harm each. That does a six to them, unless they have a okay. thing to protect them. They do not against powers, but what they do do is kick off the bank of Solomon City and take off over the river. Okay. Because they can run that fast. (laughs) If my sword is still embedded in them, can I say that they're pulling me along behind them and I'm skidding across the water? I would love for you to give me, please, a tempo roll. Yes, I can do that. Six. Beautiful. Okay. Flannery can keep up enough to stay on the surface of the lake as this tall figure in a dangerously slit iridescent gown surrounded by these waving tendrils of pearlescent light takes off running across the surface of the lake. As blinded by fury, Flannery follows. Just in an absolute fit of rage. Combinations at 50%. We're in the critical range. We are in the red zone, everyone. And it is Mia's turn. Oh boy, is it. Mia is going over the median to the other side of the bridge. And I think hitting the median, the windshield shatters and Mia pulls out her sidearm and shoots out the rest of the windshield and just keeps driving towards the edge of the bridge, trying to gauge the speed of Flannery and Alexander. No! <laughs> and I want to catch Alexander in route just with the front bumper as Mia just drives the van clear off the bridge. And then there is just a flash of light inside the van as the back doors explode off the back as the van leaves the bridge. And Mia climbs out the back of the van and rides it down on top of Alexander. Horrible. Heinous. Are you bailing before it hits the lake? No, because I have to grab Flannery. Oh, yeah, you do. That sounds like an attack roll. I can do that. Remember that only a six on a normal attack hits Alexander. Alexander's fast. That's fine. I've got other stuff I can do. Yeah. Well, no such luck on any sixes on that one. Okay. I think they hop up onto the van and land inches from Mia. Just hello. Oh, that's perfect. I'm grabbing them by the neck. Yeah. I am so fucking done with you in particular. I'm going to take them into the water if I have to. You tell me what I need to do because I'm happy to spend powers or do whatever. I need to get Flannery unstuck and then I'm taking Alexander into the sea. Or into the lake, I guess, technically. Okay. I'm going to, you know what? You're trying to do a lot of things at once very quickly and that sounds like a tempo roll. Yeah, that's a five. That's a five. Okay. Yeah, a five is a success with no consequences. Hey. So I think you do, in fact, succeed in dislodging Flannery 
grabbing Alexander and just bearing them down into the lake beneath the surface. I need eyes and hands up top. Mia, you can't sing in the water! Extreme danger to life. Evacuate immediately. There's no pleasant way of saying this. The reason 50% condemnation is the red zone is because on the GM turn, if condemnation is 50% or higher, everyone takes one damage. That includes the 30 remaining civilians. The air is choked with a dense rainbow fog. You can barely see through. It's a potent neurotoxin. Your hymnals protect you from it at low levels. And they protect you from it at high levels. You all take one damage, but you rapidly hear over the comms. 29 civilians remaining. 25, 20. No civilians remaining. The Eighth Chorus Angel at the west end of the bridge continues its destruction of the infrastructure holding the bridge up. And it too falls into the lake. And the rest begins to crumble as well. The angels themselves land on the banks of Solomon City. And they begin to make their way to the rest of the city. Alexander doesn't want to go in the drink. Can I get a volume roll from Mia, please? You absolutely may. I am happy to roll dice for you, Kat, anytime you ask. That's a six. Perfect, good. I don't know if they can drown, but if I have to as well, we're doing it. Alexander tries to kick off the van, but is held fast. It's not quite strong enough to break out of Mia's grasp. So they do two things. A halo blazes around them and three balls of silver white energy form on midair. And I think I'm going to hit, I can only hit baby and Lin Lin. I think I'm gonna hit baby once and Lin Lin twice. Mm -hmm. Ah, All right, so that's just two harm? Yes. Okay. Baby's at zero. Baby's at zero. How are you for gain? I have three gains, so I'm not too bad off. Okay. The next thing they are going to do is reach into the slit of their gown with their free arm and pull out a slip of paper, which they hurl at the bridge, and it shouldn't fly as straight or as fast as it does, but it does. They don't care about physics. And what appears in the middle of the bridge is a hymnal unit? Maybe? It is enormous. It beats seven feet tall and broad, broad enough to fit two people. On its back, there is not only an enormous cape of royal blue, but a huge pair of pearlescent white wings and rainbow energy glows all around it. It lifts from the ground an enormous claymore. And by way of a demonstration, 
drives the tip into the bridge. Uh, hidden signal is detected on the bridge. It's Excalibur? Those of you looking know that it is not Excalibur. It may have been at one point. Mm. Uh, gonna be honest, this is not ideal. I'm thinking about baby here. Aren't we all? <laughs> babe? Yeah, right. When, um, when are we not? When are we not? We, I th- yeah. Baby has been spending a lot of time very much trying to not to have to think about what we're doing. And I don't know if they're doing all right. <laughs> because in my mind's eye, a lot of those people died probably still in Baby's arms. <laughs> Oh no, the ones that you removed, you removed. I That's, counted five no, people removed yeah, from the scene. Yeah, no, for sure. But I think Baby was still in the process of like, because there are multiple cars there, yeah. was still trying to yeah, save okay. others and would have still been evacuating this turn had they not died. Yeah. And so yeah. I just don't, I, I don't really know what they're doing or if they're doing anything. Hey, Baby. Uh-huh. You see something in front of your eyes, inches from you. It looks like an elaborate network of glyphs and symbols appears on the air in black writing, like inky thorns before vanishing. You have an arcane barrier. Okay. That's not ominous, I guess. I'm not being ominous. I'm being helpful. Cat, I'm a game master too. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You listen, cat. Just... That one, that one stunk. I could smell that one a mile away. <laughs> you can't just say, "Oh, inky black symbols right in front of you," and then a mysterious person gives you an arcane barrier. That stinks. Yeah. Four GMs behind the scenes here, just like really now. <laughs> really now, yeah. You Nothing can't could possibly do this go wrong. <laughs> Look, if it helps, if it helps, I've been inverting holy and unholy imagery this entire time. Yeah, no, it doesn't make me Ooh. feel better that maybe the devil is protecting <laughs> me. What? <laughs> it should. I'm just, I'm just imagining in a hot dog costume going, we're all trying to find the person who did this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Now listen, if you if you come out, we won't be mad. I'm not What are any of you doing? I just I just I I'll go again. Okay. No, 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 please don't. I can't take another hit. Um, I mean I guess I can now because I got that game back. But I still don't know if baby's doing anything. I kind of feel like it's very much the anime like uh Camera moves really close to the to a distorted like spherical forehead. Um, yeah, the fish, the fish eye yeah, background. Yeah. Fish yeah. eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the shot right now. Um, as baby hangs in the air, still like holding, being held up by their silk spider arms, and probably won't do anything <laughs> until someone shakes them out of it or tells them to do something. Okay. What about the rest of you? It's a little bleak. Um, I hate it because it's not useful right now, but I think Lynn is literally trying to like evacuate the corpses that are still in the cars. 
like just the idea of like if they had the windows rolled up just that little what if of like if they might be still alive and evacuating if they just got like 30 seconds left and just trying to like desperately drag cars off of this bridge okay and she's small it's not ideal I think there's like just literally just two gauntlet hands crunching into one car and dragging it back but it's it's not a good process no no, it's not a good process. So judging on how you described Alexander's actions, we're still surface side, at least for the moment, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we can't really see it as much as the others up on the bridge right now because we're down below it. Yeah. I know some bullshit's happening. I'm going to be extremely selfish and I am not sorry. I plan to change Alexander and I being above the water. Mia just turns and points to the bridge behind her as she goes underneath with Alexander for Flannery to help the others. And I don't think there's enough time to say anything. Like, I want Alexander dead more than anything else in the world right now. Mia, what are you doing? You can't That's a five and a six. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> We're going into the water. How many seconds approximately do I have of buffer time of still being hymnal-enabled while under the surface? This is not something that <laughs> I've thought of before. Because I know I can't sing, but... Yeah. Your hymnal, I mean, it has some breathing support or else it wouldn't be able to filter condemnation for you. Mm-hmm. But I can't imagine that being completely submerged will work. You can't gain any more gain. I've got all I need. And we're going to burn gain at a rate of, I'm going to say, like, every time you try to do something, you also have to spend a gain. Okay. So let's say I spend every gain I have to bury Alexander in the riverbed. (laughs) And then I just float back to the top when my hymnal disappears. (laughs) You're just going to use batter a lot, huh? Yeah. I've got eight gain. Yeah. So that's four batters. Yeah. You're not singing a violent song because you're not singing. Oh, the loopholes. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) So as Mia gets down into the water, she sees Mia's directive to go back up and help the others. But after a day spent training with Mia and Coach and hearing her say those supportive words to her before all this, seeing Mia go straight down into the water with Alexander and not knowing if she's going to make it out. I don't think her heart could take that if she were to lose Mia right now. And just the stress of all of this, the stress of Alexander being here, of whatever she can just barely see up at the top of the bridge of this Excalibur question mark up top. The condemnation thick in the air, the angels moving to the city, not knowing if the people up on the bridge are alive or not. Flannery's just going to let loose a great big scream and a light on fire with a gigantic tornado of flames. And she is going to use Hellraiser to deal one damage to a close target 
reduce condemnation on the battlefield, but also burns so bright and so hot that it burns like a pillar of air through the water, like Moses style, right above Alexander and Mia. Hideous, I love it. So 40% and falling. You don't hear that over the comms, you just see it on your displays. And Mia has a clear pillar and seconds to take advantage of it. Oh, and you know I will. Mia is like an image of a true demon, surrounded by wreaths of fire. She is going to bury Alexander in what deserves to be their grave, in just furious, hellish anger. Far from seeming frightened, as you start bearing them down toward the ground, they reach up and grab onto you by the helmet. And the only thing you hear from them is, I was a distraction. And then cries of pain as they are just beaten into the riverbed and the water starts to sink in and fill in the tornado that Flannery has provided. Me doesn't have her club. She is beating Alexander into the dirt with just the fists of her hymnal and then grabs Alexander by the head and headbutts them further into the dirt and then leans in next to them and says, I don't care, but if you have a sword, I'm going to take you with me all the way to the pits of hell. Hmm. Then the water closes in around Mia. I think as soon as Alexander's done done, Mia just stands up and slackly lets her arms fall at her sides as the water starts rushing in and she just puts a boot on what remains of Alexander's helmet and pushes it into the soft soil and just stares up into the sky. Yep, and here comes Flannery. Yeah, I'm gonna pull you out before the water crashes over your head, hopefully, ideally. Let's see how if that works out for me. That's a tempo roll for sure. That's a six and a four. Six and a four will do the trick. You can grab a Mia. So I think what Flannery is going to do is, since she is a little bit further away from you, she's going to use her whip sword to, like, grab around one of the arms of your hymnal and pull you up towards the bridge as she jumps up with you. Okay. Okay. Pendragon advances toward Baby on their enormous wings. They just spread their wings and take off flying horizontally at incredible speed. They bring their sword down, hoping to slice the currently defenseless baby. However, the slice bounces off that arcane barrier. Meanwhile, beams of blackish purple light launch clear across the bridge and pierce through these remaining eighth chorus angels, dissolving them. And you hear over the comms a familiar voice. Persephone, acting out of jurisdiction, don't care. And you see a black hymnal surrounded by oval-shaped dark obsidian mirrors, which have just finished a barrage of lasers toward these angels. So immediately, like, upon, like, the slice, I think Baby uses their razor silk arms to, like, 
move themselves like slightly back and then will use some of the razor stuff that was like down below like helping people like quickly like move that up to wrap around them and I'm going to razor net them yeah and uh, then uh, pulling them up like raising like wrapping it around them uh, and then using my hands to then uh, like hold on to the ones that are like wrapped around them but still connected to me and just swing them around and throw them into the ocean uh, with chain swing so it will deal two harm to them potentially and then also throw them into the ocean Okay. where then their next move is prevented yeah I actually think what happens is when it gets thrown over the lake it tries to spread its wings but it's got the razor net and it does eventually force them through the razor net and you see feathers start falling as they've been brutally torn out of this thing. And it like wavers on the air, but does catch itself. All right. Well, that's an additional one harm. Yes. You okay in there? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. You're okay, I gotcha. Thanks. <laughs> Don't tell my seal. I won't. I guess that leaves Lynn Yeah, I guess so. It's almost a Sisyphean task of almost like pushing these trucks or cars up the bridge. But seeing that Baby and another have arrived and they're currently taking on somebody else, I think she's just going to rush over dipping between the cars and she's just going to stab it. Yeah! She's very, very tired of these. Yeah. I got a question. It is in the air. Yes. Over the lake. She's got little jets, but yeah. That sounds to me like a tempo roll. Would you please? Yeah, I have a whole dive of that. Gotta go quick. All right. That's a, that's a two. Okay. The aura around Pendragon flares to life and siphons two gain out of Lin Lin. Ugh. I had to gain. (laughs) And then it spreads its wings and takes off. I think it wants to try and spike Linlin into the lake. That's very fair. I think that's what it wants to do. Yeah, that that makes sense. I have one HP left. No. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Because here's the thing. I could spend that one HP to shield it. (laughs) But, you know... (laughs) I think she's just going to take the hit. Okay. I got to try and stay closer to my teammates during battles or I can't (laughs) use this defensive move that I have now. (laughs) Hey, Kat, can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. I know it's your your cool turn to do your cool things. No, this is a consequence turn. What's up? I know, but you're doing consequences. Um, Yeah. Hey, I I didn't take a movement. Um... I also didn't. I was also about to say do the same thing. Okay. Yeah, Flannery's the only one who can't move right now other than Lin Lin. Yeah. It's still your guys' turn. Well, yeah, and here's the thing is, like, I think Mia can recognize that something bad's about to happen. I will give you literally anything. I don't know. I don't care what it is. I don't... You tell me. (laughs) Mia is willing to do almost anything that Lin Lin doesn't get hurt. I think if she's getting spiked, she she can just like set up shield last second and just fall into a lake and otherwise be just a person. <laughs> but 
From perception, yes. It looks like she's probably going to be not very great soon. You know what? I think Mia starts moving toward this because there's you got to do something. Can't do nothing. You can't do nothing. But I think what's going to happen is I think Persephone is going to apply an arcane barrier. She has two gain remaining. Oh. And Pendragon brings that enormous sword down in what would be a massive blow that does actually knock you down like 10 feet, Mm -hmm. spiking you down toward the lake, but not actually inflicting any damage on your hymnal. We'll take it. It is going to fly south onto the bridge until it is close to Baby and Persephone, landing on one of the cars that is stationary near the median. I can't. I can't let this thing see anyone else as a target. I don't know. Man, Mia's going to be in this thing's face. I need Pendragon to hurt me. That's, yeah, that's Mia for you. Do you have a plan for doing that? No, I'm just going to be in its face. You, uh, in the most annoying and aggressive way possible, I will literally shove Balthazar if I have to in the way, like on the way there. I made a promise. I am between him and it. That is okay. like full 100% human ba- shield. Yeah. Balthazar is in the sky as a reminder. Oh yeah, that's right. Cause you're doing the cool spider, spidery thingies. So I can't really yeah. shove you, but I am going to be closer to it than you are. That's for sure. Totally fair. Okay. And club is out. I'm trying to look as, as big and as much like a dueling partner as possible for this thing. Cause I want to be the one it has eyes for. Okay. Mia pulls up the hem of her hymnal and flashes it a little bit of leg and says, come on. Hideous. You're you're fired. Okay, so Sorry. you have ended your turn in close range with Pendragon. The aura surrounding it flares to life and it siphons to gain from Mia. Okay. I think what it's going to do is drive its blade even further into the bridge and this aura around it flares to life, dealing one harm to everybody who's close, and you see condemnation spike up by 10%. Mm. (laughs) You see Persephone stagger backward. Sleek black, like mirror adorned hymnal staggers and hits hard on a leg that doesn't seem like it can support the hymnal's weight. But she's still up. And you can see condemnation at critical levels on your display. You do not hear anything from the bridge. It's your turn. I think Linlin wants to avoid falling into the drink. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Sounds reasonable. Yeah, so let's go. I think she, little jets around back and boots end up blasting off so she can try to just pull herself onto the bridge. Yeah. And I think she's just going to stay put right now. I don't think she has like the balance and composure to be able to properly do everything to rush things out. But she'll try like just stab it from the long distance as she almost like an ice pick to grab onto the bridge, hooks the scythe to be able to latch herself on. And then as soon as she lands back onto the bridge, she'll just land down the hook again over Pendragon. That sounds to me like a volume roll. All right, I got a five. Five will do the trick, no consequences. Beautiful, so that is four damage. That's a heavy hit. <laughs> like that's a that it's is a, big, a heavy hit. It's to a big scythe. Yeah. And this enormous hymnal does. I don't want to say flinch because that implies life, 
but it takes the hit. It takes it hard. Um, hey, I got a question. Uh, if I'm doing my math right, baby, are you still in your hymnal? Yes, I am. I have okay. one health, and because it's our turn, I just got three gain, which uh, puts me oh, at good. three gain. Oh, good. So... Are you going to be staying in close range? I mean, I I haven't moved away yet. But okay. I probably... Here's the thing. All of my stuff is close and near range. Mm-hmm. So to be effective, I can't necessarily be far, but I can throw mm-hmm. them far, technically. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, and like, let's say if I were to throw them in the direction of Flannery, would Flannery be able to to home run them out of the park? I think she probably could if if it was coming her way. That could happen right now. <laughs> All right. All right, cool. Baby flings some razor wire over to these support column that's by Flannery, flings it around, uses it as uh yeah, uses it as a fulcrum to like wrap around Pendragon and then just like yanking them and like pulling them over to over to Flannery. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm going to use two gain to give Lin one health because She's at one, correct? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to bump you up by one. As Pendragon is flying towards her, it shakes her out of the... Let's be real, it's a bit of shell shock setting in at this point. So the rage that she is feeling is now turned on Pendragon. And I would like to use five advances, please. Yeah! (laughs) Where are we going? (laughs) You are on the southeast part of the bridge near where the eighth chorus angels destroyed it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is crumbling and bit by bit, chunks of concrete are falling into the lake. If the hymnal is flying directly towards her from where the others were, the most direct path is just to stab directly in the direction that it's flying towards her and keep pushing it back in the direction of the others so that they can all gang up on it after she's done. (laughs) Mia drops the business end of the club onto the pavement and just tees up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so Flannery again just keeps stabbing and stabbing and stabbing to just keep pushing this thing with the rocket-powered blade back towards the others with great force and two harm per hit. (laughs) Two harm per hit five times. And then it gets teed up to Mia. Okay, so... Cat. Yeah. Cat. Lovely cat. Yeah. My best friend, cat. Yay. If I roll and spend all my gain, I want to hit this thing so hard that it maybe destroys this bridge. Yes. That's a five. Your club makes impact directly with the breastplate of this suit of armor modeled hymnal. Excalibur, leader of Paimon team, hasn't been seen since the Kingston incident, modeled after the gallant King Arthur. And that armor is still in place on this monstrosity and it buckles. And as it buckles, a shockwave spreads through the area that 
hastens the crumbling of the precarious bridge and dumps everything into the lake. What you see falling down through a sky thick with condemnation are lazily drifting feathers and big pieces of blue metal and that same peculiar rainbow gravel that Linlin would recognize from the interior of the other not hymnals. Because it's a cool image, can we say that there's just like just enough rubble rubble from the bridge that like we're just we're just barely standing above the water? Yeah. Because that's mm-hmm. a pretty evocative like image of just <laughs> all the destruction slightly submerged. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that entirely. Baby is doing their water skitter thing where they've got the forearms vibrating on the surface of the water. Persephone falls to her knees and the hymnal shatters because it is the GM turn and she had one health left. Oof. I also had one health left. Yeah. And Susie just starts coughing frantically. Uh Oh, Oh, uh... Wait, wait. Mia turns and points to Balthazar and says, get her out now. Wait, no, question. If that just happened to her because she had one health, that also happens to me. Do you not have any gain? No, I spent my yes, last... 50 condemnation. I spent my oh. last gain giving Lin Lin yeah. one health. She spent hers ah. giving Lin Lin an arcane barrier. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, Lin Lin is the worst child. Lin Lin's the worst one. So, we love her. Baby's hypnotic. I also don't... As well. I guess, Guys. I, guess <laughs> I guess Flannery could. She still has two. After, after taking the damage from this. Can I make a suggestion for what Flannery could do? Yeah. Please decondemn this area a little bit. I don't have the gain to do that. <laughs> oh, no. Guys. <laughs> Guys. I was thinking about it. It's like, oh, no, I used all my gain on a cool thing. Lynn's going to watch 38 people die today. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Oof. Horrible. I, th- I thought about saving some, but it <laughs> didn't seem like the thing to do. You know what? No, I'm not going to I'm not going to kill anybody post combat. Oh, come on. But. There's no fun in killing anybody post combat. Here's the thing: is I if a chapter shows up. Yeah, if Cat committed to that, she'd have to kill three of us. <laughs> hey, yeah. you know what? <laughs> we're, hey, we're getting the last half of the, we're in the, the second half of the show. Maybe we need to be a, a very some, experimental AP with yeah. three PKOs. Yeah. We, you know, yeah. we got to shake some stuff up. Yeah, it's it's Flannery's story now. <laughs> As you all sit on the slab of bridge in the lake, you hear the sound of a helicopter overhead. As an evac team descends and tosses down a rope ladder to get you all up above this cloud of rainbow death. She shouldn't, but Mia insists everyone else boards before her. She shouldn't, but that's Mia for you. Leland just grabs hold of both Mia and Baby and jets up towards the evac to like let them grab onto rope or like get carried in. And I think she just stays back down into this entire cloud here, hoping to just drag bodies out of cars that haven't fully sunk yet. Honestly, I think Flannery will help her because 
Flannery didn't want Mia to be the last one into the helicopter. She's been watching Mia be too self-sacrificial for too long now. And she wants to do what she can for these bodies as well. I don't really know what tone to take with, with the particulars, but Mia definitely... The, the instruction to get in before her was in order. I'm not going to... Yeah. I don't have the strength to fight you on it, but I just want that on record. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have the health to help, so I might as well. Yeah. You guys do you. Absolutely. Do not listen to Mia. That is... (laughs) (laughs) I think what I'm going to say is that another round of singing and Flannery has enough... uh, enough gain to make this place below lethal levels. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. The helicopter remains nearby. It's got rebreathers on for those of you who are in the helicopter. And eventually more helicopters show up and the proper evac team is here to help Linlin and Flannery give some dignity to the people who perished on the bridge. The helicopter does not return you to the hell base. It returns you to a staging camp on the south side of Solomon City, where a warehouse has been adapted into a makeshift command center. Um, Kat? Yeah? Has anyone told me anything? Also, have I heard from Elena at all? No. Comms went dead halfway through the fight. You just saw the condemnation update on your heads. Has anyone told me why we're not heading back to the headquarters? No, I think you guys are, like, stretchered because of the condemnation exposure. That's fair. Yeah. Oh, boy. They let you out of the helicopter and you see that you are, first of all, you are not at the base. The medical team comes out to you all and just do preliminary checks, make sure no one's too injured, make sure no one's sustained too much damage from condemnation exposure. Provided I'm allowed to, upon arrival at this temporary base, Mia's in work mode already, looking for whoever's in charge, committing officer of the temp base. I want a briefing. I want to know what's going on. There were two simultaneous attacks. One against the hell base and one against the bridge. Marcosia's team was ordered to defend the bridge and Gamigan team was ordered to defend the base. There were two casualties on Gamigan. There was a second Nephilim that attacked. And just loads of angels. Do we get a description of the one that attacked the base? Large. Physically extremely large. Armored. Okay. Hammer wielding. Ah. And this was an extremely targeted attack. The base has been caved in in numerous places. They are still taking a reckoning of, basically they are doing a head count of staff as we speak, trying to see who made it out. Oh. The bridge itself had to be evacuated. Um. Because the bridge was breached. The kids can't find Mia. Mia leaves to get briefed and learns that they're still trying to figure out who survived from the base. Mia does not return to speak to the kids at all. Yeah. 
that tracks. You find the bridge staff are in the medical bay. Elena's unresponsive. She's on a respirator. Callista's prosthetic leg was shattered. She needs a new one. She's in a mood about it. Haas definitely got just like several cracked ribs. It's just more plaster than man right now. He keeps talking about how cool the scars are going to be, even though he won't have any. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I feel oh, a distinct ownership of Haas. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Ada seems to be okay. Ada's got a respirator, but is not currently wearing it, but is um, she's like dictating the terms of her will and who gets her waifu figurines when she passes. I was about to say, I don't, I think Ada is more like, she's obviously like gutted that they lost their entire base, but she's also like extremely annoyed that she lost a bunch of really rare figurines. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of those are out of print. Mm. The companies that made it's them a- don't even exist anymore. Yeah. Yep. It sucks. It sucks right now. It's going to be a huge pain in the ass to, to look online to see who's even reselling them. Yeah. Yep. That that Ray Ayanami soap dish, impossible to find. <laughs> Monstrous. Um, that one's Dr. Real. Fusk is okay. Dr. Fusk is uh, trying to set up a makeshift lab. <clears throat> oh, for sure. I think... Um, I yeah. think as well... Just due to damage that has happened, uh, not just at the base, but also like bridge gone, uh, bridge <laughs> bridge down, bridge, bridge gone. gone, bridge yeah. down. Um, would it be safe to assume that also within you know whatever this makeshift command center that's uh, being built or, or like being set up and like people being brought in um, that uh, they are starting to also bring together. Um, people to help as far as like figure out like you know how to reorganize stuff in the city how to work on like start like rebuilding or salvaging whatever they can and like restructuring things Um, and in doing so are baby's parents here? Yeah. Cool 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 cool. The absolute top notch city planner and architect in Solomon City the mines behind Solomon City. Yeah. The Bakers. I think as soon as they find out what happened to Baby, and I'm imagining because, you know, reaching zero, inhaling condemnation as just like a regular person, not protected by, you know, the systems of the hymnals, that Baby is in like bad, bad condition, and Baby's parents like, Essentially, like, no, they can't be here. They need to go to a hospital, the best hospital. And no one's really in a position to say no. No. I I imagine there's probably, like, a designated, like, private staff that the family has. Oh, yeah. And so are taken to wherever that is done. It's like people in black suits with shades. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. That gather baby up and rush them to the best hospital in Solomon City. I'm not sure how long it's been. But Balthazar opens their eyes 
staring at a blindingly bright fluorescent light. It's quiet, and uh, really the only sounds is the beeping from their heart rate monitor and all of the other biometric scanning machines nearby their hospital bed. It's depressingly bleak in this near-empty room. There are probably chairs for visitation, but I don't know if anyone is in here. It is the singular hospital bed. There's no TV, no flowers, just the bleakly sterile aesthetic of a hospital. They sit up, look down at all of the tubes and stuff, you know, coming out of them into the various machines and sticky electrode patches to their chest and arms. I don't know if anyone visits. I don't know if anyone knows where they are. And they just kind of sit there, blank-faced, mind fuzzy, can't really focus on anything. Hours go by. Doctors come in, you know, check signs, you know, do a few tests. Things are all clear. Baby doesn't really consciously interact with any of it. It's all autopilot at this point. And eventually, you know, they get through all of it. Some men in black come by, pick them up, and take them back to a private bunker somewhere in Solomon City. It's equally sterile, but someone was hired to try to fancy up the place to make it seem less dead in here. There's some furniture, you know, there's a TV, probably a video game system, a fully stocked kitchen and stuff, but it's like a singular warehouse room in here. Um, Just one large underground room, like a studio apartment, but heavily armored and secure. And there is like a note on like whatever, like Ikea dining room table has been set up in here. And it's a note from their parents telling them that they will be by as soon as they can. You know, feel free to make yourself at home. We'll discuss it when we're back. Is baby settling in to the bunker? No, absolutely not. They aren't fighting against it, but they aren't settling in because there's still just a lot of nothing as I think they sit on a couch. They've got the remote to like the TV in their hand, but they haven't turned it on because they know if they turn it on, they will inevitably be drawn to watching the news. And they're terrified of that because they don't know how many people died today. And so they just kind of hold the remote in their hand and they just kind of stare off.
Florida Heaven stars Aaron Cerise as Flannery, Kendrick as Baby, Jordan as Linlin, and Dylan as Mia. I've been your choir master, Kat. Editing and sound design by Kathleen Childs and transcripts are by Luca. We are playing Blazing Hymn, a game based on the Lumen Engine by Spencer Campbell. Thanks to all our Kickstarter and Itch supporters for making Florida Heaven possible. This episode was sponsored by Kyoru Crimson. Thanks so much for your support. And that was my scene. Pretty fucked up of you, Kat. I think we can yeah. all agree. <laughs> Pretty fucked up of you. Hey, Kendo, ready to follow that one up? <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>